0: Welcome to Straight Talk with Kathy, your go to source for health and wellness discussions from one of our country's leading motivational speakers, Kathy Robinson Pickett. And now, without further delay, here's Straight Talk with Kathy. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Straight Talk with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson-Pickett, and I'm a woman with something to say. And this week, I am so excited to have my good friend, Sheila, with me today. Sheila Hollowell is the former Director of Community Relations for Columbine High School Recovery Program after the huge tragedy they had there a number of years ago. She's also been the Executive Director of Crisis Service for Fairbanks, Alaska, the former Executive Director of Crisis to Help in Kiwona, Hawaii. Facilitator of the Surgeon General's National Strategy for Teen Suicide Prevention and Facilitator for the National Suicide Helpline. And tons and tons and tons of more other things after her name, but most importantly, she's my friend. And she's here today, and we're going to talk about a really serious subject, one that um, we've talked a little bit about over the last year, but today we're going to talk a lot about it because it's getting more and more serious and on the on our radar every day, and that's suicide in our country. And um, suicide around young people and bullying, but suicide across the board, because we're just seeing so much of it these days that we we think it's important to have this discussion. So welcome, Sheila. Welcome, thank you. It's good <laughs> to be here with you. It's good to see you again. So Sheila, I want to start with just Some basics. I think um, one thing I learned early on in my education days was that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's
1: a typical bumper sticker slogan and it's a very good one to remember. I think, of course, we don't want to put a simple solution on a complex problem, too, so it cuts both ways, probably.
0: That's the way I feel. You know, it's really easy to tell somebody your problems are temporary or your problems are, you know, it kind of it kind of downplays the seriousness of what people's life issues are. And I think we would both agree on this that um, people handle life issues a whole lot differently depending on how they've been raised and what, strategies they've been taught and all of those kinds of things? Well, I think
1: everybody does the best they can with what they know at the time. Um, And you're right, we do tend to handle things of course within the scope of our own experience and a lot of times we handle things the way that we've been taught by our families to handle things. The important thing is there's lots more information out there, there's lots more options out there And you don't get over emotional pain by pushing it down, by setting with it, um, or by hurting yourself. And that's really what most of suicide is about, is people that for one reason or another, or usually several reasons, are in so much emotional pain that they can't stand it and they don't know what to do about it. And it's a very desperate act that simply says, I can't go on, that this is overwhelming. So what you want to do is take it like a a giant ball and start to unravel the string and find out what all is going on here and deal with things one one bit at a time until you can make the situation better for yourself or for your for the other person
0: exactly and it does take time right it's not an it's not an instantaneously boom i have fixed you kind of thing usually
1: no usually when someone comes up with the you're fine what it means is they're afraid to hear it and they're afraid to talk about it The majority of people don't know what to say when someone is suicidal and so they give you things like, well if we talk about it that might put the idea in your head. There's nothing, nothing that could be further from the truth as a parent, as a friend. The truth of the matter is when it comes to suicide, if the person talks about it, it will actually stop them from committing suicide at least temporarily again until you can unravel more of what's going on for them but it's kind of like a safety valve and you've let off a little steam and so then the first person feels better and the urge to do something as drastic as suicide is kind of alleviated for a while so it's really important to just listen to allow them to talk um, and to be very open about the fact that this may be what you're afraid your friend is considering. You want to just come right out and ask them, are you thinking about killing yourself? And if they are, they'll tell you. And if they're not, they'll say, are you out of your mind? You know, you're offbeat, you're wrong, whatever. But if they are thinking about it, they will admit that they are. And that is right there is the best thing you can do to start getting to the heart of this matter.
0: As you know, because we... um we come from much the same roots and and are living in the same kind of communities these days. Um, there's little support in lots of rural areas for folks that are in crisis. And so oftentimes there's not a suicide network and that kind of stuff, but there are teachers and clergymen and, you know, other role models in people's lives. So what would you say to them? I mean, obviously talking to the person directly, but what would be your advice to them to be able, if they have someone who they feel is in crisis, um, to start them on the path? Well, the
1: good news about intervening in a suicidal situation is it does not take a professional. It's nice that we have professionals and counselors and clergymen and teachers that are trained, although, of course, the worse the economic situation gets and the more the cutbacks are, the less, as you say, there is available in any of our communities. But anybody can help in a suicidal situation, and it begins by caring and taking the time to notice what's going on and to have empathy for what the other person is going through. One of the things that's hardest right now, especially with teenagers, is we kind of have a climate of get tough, street cred, I'm worse than you, I'm more powerful than you, I can beat you up, I can put you down, I can trash you, um, which is supposedly, I guess, a way of making a person feel more powerful about themselves. But what it does to a lot of people is undercut their own value about who they are as a person. And if they're already feeling bad about themselves, you can really drive someone completely over the edge by bullying them. And as you know, that's an awful lot of what we see with younger people, especially elementary and junior high kids, who don't know a lot yet about handling their emotions, being supportive are just plain being kind, compassionate, and understanding to other people. It's hard to be kind to other people if they're very different from you. It's easy when someone's from your school or your church or your group or you have the same hobbies or you like the same music. But when someone's very different than you, a different nationality, Um, a different language, a different background, you're rich, they're poor, or vice versa. Then we don't have as much to build on to identify with them and sit and talk with them and it makes it harder. But there really is no substitute for kindness and understanding.
0: And those are skills that um, we used to teach in school. You know, we had some character education programs and that kind of stuff and I think with cuts that that's one of the things that are lacking in a lot of areas and definitely falls on on parents and other folks in the community to help these young people learn those strategies. I know that um, for teenagers, although we've seen a lot in the news lately, a lot of very high profile suicides among, you know, young people and bullying incidents, but The most common time for suicide among young people is really in the spring, right? Toward the end of the school year?
1: It is because everybody's tired by then and everybody tends to go kind of crazy the last month or so before school is out. There are some things that make suicide very easy to spot. Uh, Again, you don't have to be a professional. I've spent a lot of my career training volunteers in crisis centers to answer crisis phones. And basically, I can tell you this is the way that we go about it. A person that is likely to commit suicide is going to be, if you're talking about kids, and by kids I mean up through high school, is usually a child that has lost a parent. They have somewhere in their background what we call a very traumatic event either they've lost uh, a parent or a brother or a sister or they've seen their house burn down or they've seen a car wreck or sexual assault. sexual assault, incest, living with an alcoholic they have something in their background that's very traumatic but the death of a parent uh, makes a child much more susceptible to being suicidal. Most of the kids that kill themselves are within two weeks of their birthday either two weeks before it or two weeks after it and that's because most of us kind of go through this internal review of our life when it gets close to our birthday. The average age of someone that commits suicide as a teenager is 15. Boys are more prone to kill themselves than girls are but statistics are statistics and you can't really look at people with just labels you need to um, You need to look at these factors like whether they've lost a parent as kind of an additional red flag and see if you've got red flags going off. But as you said, the deal here is just to listen more than talk and be willing to be a friend and sit quietly and let someone ventilate to you how they're feeling and what they're going through if you think they're having a tough time of it.
0: And let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about, because the economy is crazy right now stress levels, we're seeing domestic violence numbers rise off the charts, we're right. seeing you know, all kinds of other things happening um, and we're close to the holidays and certainly the holidays sometimes put added pressure or sadness and those kinds of things on people. Um, do we see an increase in suicide in adults around that period or is that just a, a perception people have and it's not true?
1: It's probably the second highest peak of the year. Um, because it does bring on a lot of nostalgia, uh, reminiscence and everyone has this kind of Walt Disney image of a white Christmas and family gathered around the fire and we'll be able to buy everything we've ever wanted and that is a TV commercial. That is not reality in the least. That isn't what Christmas is for 99% of us in the US and so you're comparing yourself to some kind of unrealistic expectation and when you do that you feel like a failure, and you're not. You're you're really comparing your own life to a myth that doesn't exist. But that's kind of what gets started with the holidays. And then people really get the blues about, well, I'm not doing as well as other people. And I won't get the gifts of other people. And we can't afford to go home and see everyone. Um, And then they're sad. And that's usually what we see around the holidays that tips people over.
0: Right. So what are if someone's listening to this show and um they're they've contemplated suicide or they've had it as a a fleeting thought through their brain at at some point in time um what are your suggestions to them as as an individual as a person who who would you say find and talk to
1: You know you almost don't have to consciously think of someone When a person kills themselves, before they do so, they will reach out for help three times. It's a very instinctive thing. And the first time that they reach out for help, it's to the person in their life that they trust the most, that they're closest to. Um, If you're an adult, that can be your husband or your wife. Uh, If you're a child, it can be your mom, your dad, your sister. But whoever you're closest to and you trust the most, and you try and talk to them. The unfortunate thing is it's very difficult for families to see this because you're so emotionally involved in it yourself and you don't really pay any attention to it. I mean, I've done the same thing as a mother. My kid comes in and they're just, you know, I need to talk to you. I'm like, I'm cooking dinner. Could this wait? And you blow someone off when you really don't mean to. The second time that a person reaches out, it's to someone they trust but don't know as well. And that's usually a teacher, someone from their Sunday school, uh, someone on their sports team, a cousin, just someone you feel good about or work with or go to school with that seems like the kind of person you can talk to. If you reach out to them and that doesn't help, the third time a suicidal person reaches out, it's always to a total stranger. And this is where people start telling their problems to their beautician Uh, their bartender, their taxi driver, the cashier at Publix or at the grocery store when they go through there. And it's more of an offhanded comment that just kind of falls out of your mouth. So like, you know, you can be ringing out of the, the line at Target and someone says, have a nice day. And you go, yeah, it's the last day of my life. That happens. But How common would it be for the cashier then to run out of the store and say, hey, are you thinking about killing yourself? We need to talk about this. It doesn't happen. That dynamic is essentially why hotlines and crisis centers work because it's really often easier to talk to a stranger who doesn't judge you than someone close to you like your parents who are going to say, well, if you just do better and you just get your grades up and you just quit seeing that, boy, your problems would be blah, 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 blah. And what it does is turn people off.
0: Well, I think that's absolutely, absolutely true. And I think, you know, a lot of the calls I get, a lot of the messages I get are from kids that heard me speak somewhere five years ago maybe, Mm -hmm. but saved my Facebook address or saved my email address, and they write me, you know, something very serious, but it's anonymous. And they feel safe because it is anonymous. That's a whole lot of it, yeah. Even though they've met me. And I think that's true when we talk about, sexual assault, when we talk about suicide, obviously, or or other major life problems that oftentimes it's just easier to talk to someone who you don't have that personal relationship with. It is. And that you're not afraid of disappointing, Exactly.
1: Well, and that's the reason all these counseling things work. I mean, if you take a program like AA, it's because you want to talk to someone else who's gone through it. A sexual assault victim, and I'm one, I was a rape victim from a, a home invasion. And I know even though I worked in counseling and had all kinds of therapy friends, I couldn't talk about it except with someone who had been through it because you know you can't express it in words. You want to sit face-to-face with someone who's going to know what it's like even if you can't put it into words. And so, you know, that's exactly right. They do hunt out someone they feel has been through a similar situation.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I know that's, for both of us, that's what got us to be old in life, right?
1: It is. It is. <laughs>
0: and we're old, and we like it that way. So, um, anyway. Hopefully
1: older and wiser, but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah,
0: but at least we've had a good time getting there, so we're really glad about that. I am, I am so sorry that we are out of time because this is such an important subject, but I'm sure that if I call her, Sheila will come back for sure, and um, because there's so many other things you and I could talk about, and um, that people should hear the wisdom that you have, for sure. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us by email at straighttalkwithkathy at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook at Straight Talk with Kathy, or on Twitter at Straight Talk Pod. And um, once again, thanks, Sheila, so much for being here. And until next week, be the boss of your brain.